Get ready to be inspired by the great things happening in rural education. The Rural Scoop will bring you new ideas and innovative solutions, will dive into education issues, and will highlight what's working in your rural communities. You will hear from a variety of educators, administrators, professionals, and others who will provide relevant and engaging content in each episode. And now, serving up the scoop, here's your host, Dr. Melissa Sadorf. Welcome back, Rural Scoop listeners. Today, we are continuing to take a look at STEM opportunities for rural districts here in Arizona, especially in light of our schools starting up again for a brand new year. My guest today is Manny Leone from the University of Arizona. He's going to be sharing some information about the MESA programming that your students in your rural schools can become involved with. I'm looking forward to hearing what's going on in Wildcat Country, Manny. Are you ready to give us the scoop? I am. Well, first, before we get started with my questions, tell us a little bit about you and how you came into this position at the U of A. Sure. Um, so good afternoon. My name is Manny Leon. I'm assistant director for the Office of Early Academic Outreach at the University of Arizona, which is the office that the MESA program comes under. Uh, and, and the MESA of the program is, is the one that I oversee mostly, although I do assist in other parts of the office. Um, my story is a little unique within the office in that, um, uh, so born and raised in Tucson, uh, actually, as, as much as I can gather, about seventh generation Arizonan. Um, wow. so, so my roots are deep uh, in, in Tucson and in Arizona. Uh, so um, when I was in high school, um, I participated in a program called Apex. Uh, it's no longer, it's no longer uh, in existence, but it was a uh, program offered through the Office of Early Academic Outreach. Uh, and so, so I'm a product of the, the programs that our office um, provides to, to families and students in schools. Uh, as a part of that, uh, I was able to uh, receive a tuition waiver to attend the University of Arizona. So that's why I ended up at the University of Arizona, tuition waiver, and then worked as a student employee for the office. Uh, so I got to really get to know the work a little bit more deeply um, during that time. Um, fell in love with it. And then when I graduated, it just so happened that there was a position open. Uh, mm -hmm. So I applied and I was able to, to get in the, into the office as a professional. And I've been there ever since. So I'm coming up on 25 years working full-time now. Wonderful. And the, when, when did the MESA program start? So MESA in Arizona started in 1984. So it's about the spring of 84. It started simultaneously uh, in Phoenix and Tucson. UVA and ASU were both um, starting the program about the same time independently. And then a few years down the road, uh, started collaborating together on uh, some of the bigger events. But MESA originally started in about 1970 in California. There were some professors at UC Berkeley that were curious about why they didn't see uh, students of color in their engineering classes. Uh, so they reached out and they did a study and they are talking with teachers in the Oakland area. Uh, and the teachers were like, you know, we're not sure why our students aren't going either. So they decided to create a program that would address some of the things that they found, which was, you know, the students weren't aware of opportunities. The students didn't hear about them because they didn't have people in their immediate families and their circles that could share the experiences of what it was to be an engineer, to be a scientist. Right. They didn't have that cultural capital. 
so that's when the program started in the 70s, and it's been going on ever since, and it's spread to about nine states now. Uh, and so, yeah, and then, uh, like I said, Arizona started in 84, and um, we've been uh, working and growing ever since, primarily in the Tucson and Phoenix area, although we do have a few schools uh, in rural Arizona and outside of, of the two big metros, uh, and we're, we're excited about the opportunity to, to grow that further. So if somebody hadn't heard about what Mesa is and what Mesa does, what's the gist of the program? What does it do and how do you interact with teachers and students in the schools that you work with? Sure. So so Mesa, which uh, if I didn't mention, it stands for Math, Mathematics, Engineering, Science, Achievement. Um, so it operates uh, as a school-based program. So a lot like um, any other kind of after-school club, most of the school mm-hmm. will run after school some schools uh, will find the information that we provide useful enough to um, integrate into some of the classrooms that they might be offering. But for most of our schools, it's, it's an after school. So it runs like a club. Uh, we will provide some professional development, some resources, uh, activities and that the teachers could use to introduce students to STEM, uh, to engineering, the engineering design process. So a lot of it is really happening in the school. It's hands-on projects. The teachers would would show to students how to implement the engineering design process, what it's about, and use these projects to do so. Uh, and then in the spring, what we we have the design challenges that will go out every year. Uh, usually, it's about nine design challenges. Um, with COVID, we we scaled it back just a little bit, mm, right. but we're looking to build um, back up to the nine challenges. But those challenges, what students would work on in the spring. Uh, in hopes of then taking their projects uh, to our two big events. Usually there's a regional event, one in the Phoenix metro area, one in the Tucson uh, area. And then we have our Mesa Day, which is our statewide competition. So students work on these projects and then they bring them to competition and they get to compete against all the other schools that are doing Mesa. Uh, we'll have two divisions, a middle school division and a high school division. So usually that's what brings students to Mesa is that the chance to to build, work on a team, collaborate, do a fun project, and then compete and try to win medals and trophies at our statewide competition, which we call Mesa Day. Are the design challenges based on state standards? Is it a way for teachers to dive deeper into some of the state standards that they're addressing during the day with their students? They definitely can. They're not specifically designed around the standards, but they're real world uh, they focus on human-centered design. They're usually in line with um, our industry partners. So like Raytheon will usually have some kind of aerospace challenge. So the because of the engineering design process and the rigor of the challenges that we're putting out there, um, there's a lot of really clear alignment with, with various standards, um, including the NGSS. And, and then and also you know, some of our teachers use it um, to meet standards for ELL students as well, because, because there's opportunities for writing and speaking, working in groups. You know, there's so many different ways of engineering projects because it requires the application of math, science, research, reading, writing. It, it, it's, it's nice because it can touch all of the disciplines. You mentioned, Manny, that you work with industry partners. Talk a little bit more about that. Who are they and what do they do? Sure. So we we have uh, different partners that we'll work with. Um, they provide both f- 
financial support uh, in terms of um, you know offering some either grants um, or or just providing money to the program uh, to help us reduce the cost that, that's passed on to the schools to implement the program. Uh, we have a number of, of partners, uh, Raytheon being the the longest and the largest supporter um, of our program. We've also been working with Microsoft. We work with the um, American Society for Civil Engineers. Uh, we've been working with uh, TGen out of Phoenix recently. And then there's a program called Quest um, out of ASU, which stands for um, Quantum Energy uh, and Sustainable Solar Technologies. Um, so there's a variety of ways that industries, industries can involve. Um, there's both the, you know, the easy one is, is obviously the, the financial support, you know, we'll give you a few dollars to help support your program. But what, really what we're looking for is that involvement. So a lot of times we'll call on them to, to work with us to, to design the challenges so that they're real world and they mimic what's happening uh, in the industry. And then we also uh, um, ask them to provide volunteers for our events so that when students come to our events, or when students are participating in one of our um, Zoom calls, STEM panels, they have that opportunity to interact with professionals in the industry and, and hear straight from, from those professionals about what it's like uh, to be an engineer, to be a scientist, to be in the field working on those projects. And then they can get that technical expertise. So when students have questions, it's like, I'm building a rocket, but I'm not exactly sure how the rockets work. The teacher is going to be able to provide some entry level, but then the engineers can come in and, and provide some of that technical expert expertise and, and help the students advance their projects even further. Do you have a favorite project that you're aware of that students have had a chance to work on in one of the challenges? Yes. Yeah, so one of our projects uh, annually is the National Engineering Design Challenge. Um, I really love that one because it's an open-ended challenge. So students are really able to, to take on... Um, a, a challenge in their community that they see that can they could use a solution and work toward it. Um, it's our most rigorous one, but the thing I really love about that, uh, and obviously COVID um, uh, had an effect on this, but the, the students that win at the state level, so our middle school team and our high school team that win the national competition for Arizona, mm -hmm. then get a chance to travel to the national competition, uh, and that 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 changes every two years to one of our different Mesa states. So. Uh, it's been so great seeing students that we work with. Uh, some of our students uh, never been on a plane before, and then we're taking them and we're oh, flying wow. them across the country to Maryland. They're getting to see the University of Maryland campus. So they got to go to UC Boulder, um, or we visited the Microsoft campus and saw where they do some of the, the Xbox game testing. Wow. Um, in Seattle, we also went to a Boeing facility. So our students were competing um, on this platform, and behind them, was the the construction floor uh, where they're putting together Boeing 747s? You know, so wow. these opportunities our students no normally get, um, they're able to to really um, see, you know, what an effect STEM can have on their lives. Well, so speaking about that, Mesa's mission is to expand STEM pathways for those students so that they can think forward about potentially involving themselves in one of those disciplines. Can you talk a little bit more about that? What are you seeing that the students then are, are moving toward or how are those kinds of experiences opening up those pathways for them? 
as I mentioned, Mesa is school-based outreach program, right? And, and we're designed to increase access to STEM pathways um, for low-income, first-generation college-bound, and students that are from an ethnic minority group. So these are students who typically um, may not have within their immediate circles people in the STEM fields um, that they can share those experiences with them. So what we're doing is, is we're providing um, access to, to knowledgeable folks, to, to people who can talk about their experiences. So we really, what we're really hoping to do is kind of open the doors and show students what's available. Um, but it's not just enough to, to show them what's available, right? We've got to provide them practical experiences, right? So what we're, we're really hoping to do within the program um, by having students implement the engineering design process, by working in teams on these design challenges is to help them build their STEM identities. We believe every student has a STEM identity, but, but they don't always embrace it or they don't always really see that as a, a place that they fit in. So if we're able to help them build their STEM identities uh, beyond what they, what they currently have, and they can see themselves on a college campus when they come to campus and interact with our college students, they can see themselves as uh, future STEM professionals by interacting with engineers and scientists uh, then students, students are, when the obstacles come, when the challenges are there, they don't see it as a, well, maybe I'm not where I belong, but it's a, here's a step I have to take in order to get to that goal. Um, so that's really what we're hoping to do is build those STEM identities and give those students those practical experiences um, that'll help them be successful, um, hopefully as they're entering into STEM, but even if they do not choose STEM in the long run, that STEM identity and the skills that they develop will help them be successful problem solvers uh, in the future. So Manny, we know about now the why of MESA. Can you talk to us about the what and the how and what are staff and students doing when they're participating in the program and how is your office supporting them? Sure. So we have kind of four pillars that we base Arizona MESA on. First and foremost is the active learning, right? So. We asked teachers to facilitate weekly meetings um, where the teams of students would participate in those hands-on activities in learning the design process and then implementing that in the design project. So that's really kind of the meat of MESA is what's happening on a weekly basis at the school. Uh, typically our teachers are math and science teachers, but it just depends on the school. It could be anyone. We've had um, school monitors uh, facilitate the program and be really successful with it. So it can be any staff member, although it typically tends to be math and science. So although they have a math and science background, they're not necessarily um, professionals in engineering. So what our office um, does then is try to connect them to folks from our industry partners who can support them, but also provide that professional development. Right? So we'll, we'll offer professional development to our teachers um, to introduce them to the engineering design process, um, different projects, concepts that they can then take back to the students um, to, to facilitate the programs. Um, and then, of course, we've got exposure to STEM as our second pillar. Uh, and we do that through the design competitions, right? The students are um, building this bottle rocket. And then our engineers talk about, well, this is how this relates to what we're doing in aviation and aerospace engineering, mm -hmm. right? Um, we bring them um, 
to different extension events on campus as well. So not all of them are, are strictly just about Mesa. We'll work with our partners when other events are happening. We'll try to facilitate ways for schools to get to those events or learn about um, what's going on, working with partners like GCU um, who have different events that are STEM related, but not necessarily Mesa. So what we'll do is try to facilitate bringing Mesa into those STEM spaces. Um, Cause our teachers don't always hear about all of those opportunities. So we kind of provide um, that service of offering um, information about those and then connecting with those college and crew managers. Again, getting our industry partners and our um, students who are STEM students um, at GCU, at the University of Arizona, at Phoenix College, to then also talk to students and, and what their experiences are studying STEM in higher education. Our, our third pillar is college readiness. So our office will bring eighth grade families in and talk to them about this is what you need to do in high school to make sure that your student is, is taking the right classes and prepared to be admissible to university. We'll have handouts. Uh, we've got a website called startnow.arizona.edu that provides a lot of information about financial aid, about college admissions. What are the classes you need to take? What are the different paths you can take to get to college? Again, because our, the students that we're targeting don't necessarily have that cultural capital within their inner circles um, to do that. We find that many of our students desire to call, go to college, but we don't necessarily have the knowledge on how to do so, right? And our, and our families are supportive of their students to go to college, but they don't know how to support their students and what those processes are. Um, so we're trying to remove as many of those um, roadblocks that might be there for families. And then the big, another big piece is peer support, right? What we're hoping is providing a group of students who are all interested in learning about STEM, and learning about college and can support each other um, in that process and on those paths. That's wonderful. So if I was a school district that was interested in becoming involved with Mesa, can you tell me about the cost and what kinds of things would I need to set up in order to participate? We like to tout ourselves as, as the, the least expensive STEM program that's out there. <laughs> um, that is really our goal because we do typically target Title I schools uh, to make sure that we're reaching a large percentage of our target students. Um, so we try to keep the, the cost as low as possible because we know um, a lot of the schools that we work with um, are under-resourced uh, and have strapped budgets. Uh, so, for, so we offer different options. The most expensive option would be we're all in, we're doing everything for Mesa, right? We want to send um, teachers to all of the professional development opportunities. We want to be involved in every event. We want to do every design challenge. And we're going to have a full complement of students doing Mesa. Uh, and the max that that school would pay would be $600. So that's our full program fee. Uh, and they wow. pay that early in the year. And that secures, that secures what they need for the year. Now, if a school is not sure, if they're just starting, they want to get a feel for it. Um, it's about $100 per teacher to be a part of our professional development series, uh, which includes a two-day um, professional development training. It's typically two days uh, because of the, the way things are now. Um, we're thinking of breaking up a little bit, but typically it would be two days either in Tucson or Phoenix, and then we would cover costs of um, lodging and food for anybody traveling from outside of the Tucson or Phoenix area, depending on where it's housed. Uh, so we'll offer that professional development so they can kind of get a feel, learn more about the program, um, do the professional development, and then start the, pro the doing the activities with the students on a weekly basis. And then once mm -hmm. they, they've know they've built some teams, they've, they've got some student 
um, presence, then they can decide, okay, these are the challenges we're going to do. And then we have a, a kind of per challenge price. It's usually about $50. Um, costs may be going up just because all of our facility costs and everything else are going up. Um, but, but that's where we're trying to keep it at is about $50 per challenge. So if a school is, knows that, well, I'm going to have a group of maybe, you know, four to six kids, we'll do one challenge this year as we're building the program. Um, then it could cost as little as $50 or $150 if the teachers are doing the professional development. So we try to provide uh, a number of options for the school to choose uh, the level of engagement that, that's right for them so that they're not, they're not paying $600 and then, you know, only four students are involved um, in the program, right? Then they're not necessarily getting the return on investment. So we provide a, a lot of different uh, tiers for engagement um, to accommodate, you know, what the schools can afford and what they're ready to commit to. A cafeteria plan, if you will. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Manny, if I wanted to start this program in my rural school, would it look any different than the schools that you have currently in the Tucson or Phoenix area? Not necessarily. Um, like I said, the, the majority of what's happening um, is facilitated by the teacher on a weekly basis. And I think one of the one of the benefits of the pandemic has been just this introduction of, of more technology, sure. right? The fact that more people are, are much more comfortable with Zoom and, sure. and Google, Google meetups. So where before our Raytheon engineers would be, you know, available to travel to Tucson area schools um, near where they work or where they live, um, but not necessarily be able to, to visit regularly to our rural schools um, or even our staff being able to travel often to our rural schools. Now with the technology that we have available and the familiarity with that technology, um, it's much easier to say, hey, yeah, we can arrange for a university student or one of our industry partners to call into your meeting, right? They don't have to drive a couple hours or four hours. Uh, all they have to do is, is uh, find a space and, and have the technology available, and then they can jump in and interact with students. Um, and so I think it's much more likely that they'll see almost identical services uh, to what schools in the Phoenix or Tucson area might see. Yeah, a, a silver lining of the pandemic, if there if there is one, is that technology exactly. comfort. <laughs> right, yeah. They're always looking for opportunities, right? What's the opportunity within this That's challenge? That's it. So. That's it. So to date, can you share with us some of the successes you've had? Do you have a, an, a, a success story that's inspiring? The monitor that, that did Mesa at one of our high schools, and they're struggling to find a teacher, and her sons were attending that high school. So she said, I'm going to jump in and I'm going to facilitate the program. Um, and she did a great job. She was enthusiastic, right? The, the learning curve was steep for her. Um, but the really great thing that came out of that was not only that, that she had a large successful program um, that many of the students um, went on to universities, including her sons that went on to study engineering. Wow. Um, and, and they're both are now working at Raytheon as professional engineers. But because of the messages that she was putting out there and, and the work that she was doing with students, she herself actually went back to school, her degree, um, and to become uh, a school counselor. Uh, wow. so, so not only were we able to inspire the students um, that she was working with, but we were able to inspire her, which was really, really great. Um, a couple other stories. So a couple of uh, the, the design challenges that we've had over the last few years 
um, were actually designed by former Mesa students. So these are students who um, went through the program in middle school and high school, really enjoyed it, um, pursued STEM careers. Um, so they, they both came to the University of Arizona. So one was a mechanical engineer, the other one's a civil engineer. So they came to the university, they were involved volunteering while they were students. After they graduated in their professional lives, they said, you know, how else can I continue to give back? And so what they did is they, they worked with our staff to then de design some of our engineering challenges. So for the last several years, we've had um, a challenge that was civil engineering based, and that was sponsored by the American Society for Civil Engineers. Um, and that's because of uh, a civil engineer uh, who's a former Mesa student. And that's he wanted to make sure that, that students were learning about civil engineering, real life civil engineering and being involved and then getting the students that opportunity to meet folks within that organization. Um, the other person, unfortunately, um, he moved on within GM. So he's in Minnesota now, I believe. But mm -hmm. when he was in the Phoenix area, he, he got um, the folks at GM to sponsor a competition there as well. So they, we would work with them to design that and then they would recruit the volunteers to come help out. Um, so we've been able to build some of our industry partnerships because of students moving on at post Mesa, getting their degrees and then becoming involved and wanting to give back. So if I am rearing to go and I wanna sign up to be a Mesa school, what is my next step? What do I do? Well, you can email us. Um, our email, email address is azmesa, so A-Z-M-E-S-A at email.arizona.edu. Just say you're interested. We'll send information. We've got a, a kickoff planned for um, all of the folks that are interested in learning more about the program. And, and we're going we're to provide updates for our teachers that are returning and then information for folks that are new. So that'll be coming up August 21st. It's a Saturday from uh, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Um, and that will be on Zoom. It's a virtual event. We're keeping things uh, virtual, for, at least for the fall. We're hoping to be back in person with our events in the spring. Um, and maybe even late fall, we've, we've got an event that we're hoping to, to do um, sometime in December, just seeing how things go mm -hmm. with the start of the school year. Um, but that's the first opportunity to come in and learn about the program. Uh, and then from there, you'd be able to, to sign up. So we'd be able to send you information about registering for that event, but then we can also send out uh, our, our MESA description and the program enrollment form, and which provides you know everything you need to know, and that's how you sign up. You know, let us know which teachers you've identified and want to be a part of it, or if there's an admin that wants to come and be a part of that that event on the 21st, learn more about the program, and then go from there identifying a teacher. The majority of our professional development will happen during the month of September, uh, so we usually give our our schools the month of August to get back into the, the hang of things, <laughs> right? And then figure yeah. out who's going to do the program, you know, identify those resources. And most of our schools will start um, in September, October in the, the full implementation of the MESA program. Um, and then ramping up in the spring where students will really work on the design challenges uh, in, in, in force. So Manny, we've talked about MESA. Are there any other opportunities that the U of A uh, sponsors or that you are involved with? Yes, definitely. So as I mentioned, our, our office, the Office of Early Academic Outreach, has a similar mission to MESA, uh, not as STEM focused, but uh, 
the focus is the, the college access, the college readiness piece. Uh, so within that, there's a number of opportunities. Um, our Start Now website, which I mentioned, startnow.arizona.edu, where there's a lot of college readiness information, including three-minute college, we call it three minutes for college videos that teachers and counselors and schools could use during parent nights um, to provide information. Um, folks within our office are available. We've got we've got a number of staff members uh, who can come out to different events. And we've got a couple of new staff members who are part of our statewide strategic outreach. Uh, so they could zoom into meetings and provide presentations to schools um, about financial aid, about college admissions, right? So our office is really responsible for targeting uh, middle school, elementary, and then kind of like that early high school. Um, and then we could provide connections to our admissions folks when you're looking at juniors and seniors. Um, but we handle everything kind of before that junior level. There's a couple different events called, one's called College Knowledge for Parents, as I mentioned earlier, uh, mm -hmm. targeting eighth grade families to provide them information that they're in high school. We have another event called College Knowledge for Counselors. Uh, and that's really aimed to provide school counselors um, at all levels, right? Not looking, not just the high school level, but at, at building that college going culture. And then we have a program called uh, NASEP, which is the Native American Science and Engineering Program, which recruits students every year for a week-long residential program. And then there's supports that are they're happening throughout the year. And so we start recruiting those students um, at the sophomore year to mm -hmm. be a part of that program. And that's a really great program that. Um, looks at, at kind of high ability Native American students, uh, so students who are on track to enter a stu uh, STEM degree program, right? So they're they're taking their algebra and geometry and, and trig, and they, they're you know taking all of their their science courses. So that doesn't mean if a student isn't super interested that that we wouldn't work with them to figure out a way to get them involved. But that's been a really great program as well. So there's a number of different opportunities for schools to get involved, um, whether it's just being a part of a one of our listservs and getting information. Um, but those are just a few of the, the offerings that we have through our office. So Manny, if people wanted to get more information about any of the things that you've talked about, how could they get in contact with you? Sure. So the, the easiest thing to do, if you want to learn about kind of all of the programs within our office is go to our, our website, which is EAO, EAO.Arizona.edu. Uh, and from there, you can learn about all our different programs. Um, there's the email address that easymesa at email.arizona.edu for more information about Mesa. Uh, there's also, we have um, a web, there's a, should be an email on the EAO website um, for the general office as well, where you can contact. Uh, that one's eao at email.arizona.edu. You can call us, uh, phone. We're not as responsive right now just because we're still not completely in the office yet. So, mm. so it's kind of hit and miss whether you can catch someone in the office. Um, we do have our phone forwarded. Um, so if, you, if someone answers and, and they're just saying hello and you're not sure if you got the right <laughs> number, it's because sometimes we forget that uh, the main line is being forwarded <laughs> to our, our personal phones in order to make sure that we're, we're not missing these important phone calls from families and from schools are interested. So that's why I say email is probably the best way to start it off. So you can make sure you're getting to the right person and then we can, we can respond with the right information. Um, but if people prefer telephone, they can give us a call at 520-626-2300. Well, Manny, thanks for spending part of your day with me today. I enjoyed learning about what's going on with STEM at the U of A. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. We're really excited um, about being available and, and reaching out and working with more of our rural schools in Arizona, um, because we know there's a need there. And we know there's a, there's a lot of potential 
a lot of really great students, a lot of great families uh, that, that could use the information that we have, um, and we'd love to see them reach the, the college paths that they, they want to achieve.
proud member of the Podnuga Network.